Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Dungeon Dads podcast. As always, I'm your DM, Tom Blaylock, and this week it's going to be a little bit different. different. Uh, I'm joined. <laughs> I'm joined by Tim Carr and John Watson. What's up, fellas? Hey, oh, hello. It's different. We're and missing one. We're missing Sam. Sam is sick with the flu. Um, I'm recovering from a really bad cold. Tim got his Theraflu, Tamiflu, Zamiflu. Oh, Flusa, baby. Not a so sponsor. Flusa, <laughs> not, a, not a sponsor. Uh, prophylactic antiviral you can take if, you're, uh, if your little ones get the flu and test positive for it. You can run off and ask your doctor for it and get a prescription. But uh, it, I did not get the flu with two kids that had the flu in my house. So That's so nice. You so know. nice. And then John did get the flu. Oh, I did. For, I got it hardcore. Yeah. And then even with the flu shot. This winter Tim is didn't tell be, me uh, about Tim didn't tell me about his secret. <laughs> I didn't know you got exposed to it. So. Full disclosure, John, you are married to a doctor. <laughs> um, is this the situation where the shoemaker's children go barefoot or something? Is that, that is, what's, that is uh, the situation? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the, the wife definitely was not telling me about this nonsense. <laughs> she basically she was like, "They have the flu." Bye. And she, <laughs> she left. And I was like, "I, I got it, babe. I got it. I got you." I'm so good. Don't I'm worry so good. about it. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> take I love shit. it when you say bye. <laughs> I, I know that's from like a movie or something somewhere, but that's for all. That's forever. That's a thing. That's a John Watson thing in my mind. There's so many little things like that. Tim and John and t- Tim and Sam also pull shit like that out. It's from like music that I've never heard. I'm like, wow, that's really insightful. <laughs> And and then like a week later, I look at the uh, at the at the, at the uh, references, notes. and I'm like, wait a second, we sound so clever. Yeah, no, right. they're, they're not half as original as I thought. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, hey, are uh, we are we introing something? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So patrons, patrons, so, and listeners. So almost almost three years ago, yeah, it was called Meanwhile in Lakeshire. Uh, where the Grim Portnoy's try to escape the prison with Stormfeather. Um, he was responsible for freeing Jesus of Waterdeep. Yeah, I mean, that look, son of a... <laughs> and, and honestly, like, I'll just, I can just say it here. I don't know if I mentioned this in the bonus episode then. I really wanted that to happen. I really wanted <laughs> Jesus to get killed there, but I didn't know how to do it. And then when he came in, like, double crossbows like <laughs> pop 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 like, he just came in like bolts flying um i was like okay if he rolls a one like that's it and that and that totally happened that poor guy oh my god that poor guy we threw him in deep for that episode yeah, i'm not even sure he was like an avid listener of our show at the time either i think <laughs> i think we were like hey you can catch up if you want but we made it so that he could play a role where he yeah, didn't have right. to Right. Uh, Hopefully but, but he's listening the, now and he's seen the havoc he has wreaked. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I don't think he's listening. I don't think he's kept up uh, because he's like, you guys still making podcasts? And I'm like, yeah, we're still making podcasts, buddy. Um, but he started a, this podcast called The Ironbound Chest, which is now defunct over. I think it's not going to get resurrected. It's still available. Um, it's still on. He's paid um, for the hosting to continue at least, uh, you know, for a bit. But he doesn't publish any new episodes. But I was his first interview for his podcast, and still to this day, I'm really impressed. I've been interviewed by a bunch of folks before, not just about D and D, but about other things. 
Austin is a very good interviewer. And it was really wild because I think he'd only interviewed one other person before me yep. in his whole life for anything. Wow. Like <laughs> even in school, like mm -hmm. I think he is like, it's just, he was like really excellent. We had a really great conversation and we kind of wanted to preserve it just in case he decides to stop um, hosting at some point. Uh, also, it's really interesting, I think, looking back on where our minds were at. As a player, it was an insight into my DM, you know, and I have known you for a while, but I have not known you well for very long uh, in the scheme of things. So it, uh, it brings but you're some... a bestie now, man. I know. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'd do without you in my life. And it's true. Like, like I, I actually, I slept on your couch yeah. for about three weeks yeah. in like 2005. Uh -huh. And then I saw you through Sam several times, yep. but like, I, you know, when you started playing, I was like, oh, it's that guy. Like, like, <laughs> I, I literally, I was like, I was like, oh, that was, guy was so cool. And Sam's like, yes, he was my roommate and my best friend. Yeah. Yep. Like, I was like, I'm yep. like, oh, right. And then we, we get to see each other anytime I'm in New York. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catch up. Yeah. No. So we've come a long way, but you know, yeah. And you did the interview. I think, I think Austin put out like a quick Twitter hit, like, Hey, I'm making a podcast and talking to people about their shows, like about their, you know, about their games. Like, who wants in? I just like, yeah, okay. And then I was like, oh crap, who's available? Hey, Tom, can you do this? I can't do it, but I got us a spot. <laughs> I, I I finished teaching my class that day. This was like when I was still for briefly teaching online. And NYU stayed stayed um, in person for scrubs like me, like. <laughs> <laughs> the the like statesmen of NYU were teaching online, but then the people who they're like, listen, if he dies, he dies. You know, like, like we have insurance on him. It's like I don't know why I did like my my vaguely uh, Brooklyn accent for that, but like um, I just imagine the people at NYU who run who ha hold life insurance on their professors, which the true story they really do. They do. Wow. Um, uh, that like. They're like, you know what? Like, it's not a total loss that this guy dies. <laughs> so, so, I apologize. So it's true. Um, but yeah, so like I, but so briefly I taught online and I walk, I closed the computer. I like shooed off one of my favorite students who was like wanted to stay late to chat about class. And I'm like, I got to go talk about D&D. I'm sorry. I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Tom has to go. <laughs> so I jumped on. It was great. It was, it was, it was great. Yeah. So without further ado, if you haven't listened to this already, it, I think it's a really great hour, 45 minutes hour uh, conversation. Um, and I think rumor has it, Tim, is this true that like, Austin moved me first because he liked yeah, this he, interview so much. He had done one interview, which ended up being his second episode. Um, but I, I also don't a good episode, by the way. Yes. Like, I, I, yes, I listened yes. to his first like twelve episodes. Yes, the show was good. I was yeah. genuinely disappointed when it went off the air because I appreciated what he was doing and the various people that he spoke to in the uh, tabletop role playing game world. Like he had yeah. made a name for himself and kind of skyrocketed in popularity amongst the uh, ttrpg community yeah but and he was anyway. and like you said he got some really good uh i mean i i started listening to the tale of the uh, tale of the manticore because of his interview yeah yeah <laughs> you know with that uh, yeah. with that show with so, john like, yeah, yeah 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 right on cool well uh enjoy it and um 
he has other episodes up, as we've said. You're welcome to pull those down, but uh, we just want to we'll, preserve this one in history. We did get his permission before we did this. He has. That's right. He has yeah, given us right. his blessing. Thanks, thanks so much, Austin. I, I hope you get to listen to this. Toodaloo, everybody. Toodaloo. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Ironbound Chest. Our topic for the discussion this month is first times, and today we're sitting down with Tom the Dungeon Master on the Dungeon Dads podcast. Let's add some wealth to the chest. Hello everyone and welcome to the Ironbound Chest. My name is Austin Moraga and today I'm joined by the Dungeon Master for the Dungeon Dads podcast, Tom. Hey, man. How's it going? It's good to be on, Austin. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today. I, I was excited to do it. Good. I, I'm I'm nervous, but excited. <laughs> uh, so I'm just going to kind of uh, break down kind of how this podcast is set up and what, you know, the things, how things are supposed to go. Uh, so this podcast is all in my head about collecting treasure from the people who make D&D what it is, you know, the podcasters, the streamers, the the hobbyists, you know, people who make the dice, everything in between, you know, you. So uh, each time uh, I interview someone, I, I ask them, you know, questions and all that, the same standard stuff for an interview. Um, I have monthly topics, and this month's topic is first times. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to get into that, buddy. <laughs> all right. I'm going to be, I'm going to, you know what? I'm feeling very honest today. So I will answer all of your questions, honestly. That's the thing I want from my, my guests is I want honesty because, okay. you know, and again, like I said, this is like a treasure that I'm collecting to put into this ironbound chest for people to open up and listen to, you know, but it, 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 I want it to be authentic. I want it to be honest because it gives not only my listeners, but you know, your listener as well, like a glimpse into the honest, truthful you, which obviously I'm sure that they get that on your podcast, but I think it's also a good thing to maybe cover some stuff that you don't talk about on your podcast. Nothing too, too in depth, nothing too heady or anything, but you know, we'll just, We'll have some oh questions. man, you open up the Pandora's box. I'm 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 stepping out of it. You kidding? Not too heady. I'm I'm going. I'll go all the way with you. Here. Hey, that's up to you, man. <laughs> and I've already said on my my uh, one of my previous interviews, if you feel like swearing, that's fine. If it's not, that's totally up to you. Oh, I'll do my best not to. This is I'm going to do my best not to. Um, I have two. I have two little girls at home, and unfortunately, oh man, they both. Uh, they swear like sailors and I, I'm just like, I don't know what to do about it. I'm just like, I, I always thought I'd be the kind of dad who had like children who followed the rules and did all these things. And I'm just, I'm yep. raising hellion rebels, I hellion that. rebel girls. <laughs> I understand that my, uh, I have a son who's actually turning three tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. It's so great. Thank you. Thank you. And, and similar to you, I thought like, Man, I was such a good kid. Yeah. I never caused any trouble. I never did anything wrong. And like, I was the angel. Yeah. And he is such a devil. My son is such a troublemaker. He's oh, like, man. again, he's only three, but like, he just gets into so much crap. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, I love you. 
but please stop. Yeah, I mean, what's going to be, what's going to just like, I mean, you're going to have a lot of choices on how you handle these things, obviously. Um, right. But uh, I have chosen to handle things probably not the best way. And when my, so my oldest is nine, or she turns nine in two weeks. Um, when she was oh, wow. about six years old, uh, I just, I was like, you know what? It's just too much with the devices. You act like a jerk. I mean, I didn't say this to her, but like, you know, she acts like a jerk when she was using the devices. And I was like, no more of the iPad. We're like, we're going to mm. do, we're going to play card games. We're going to do this stuff. We're just, I'm just, it's, it's going away. And this like just beautiful, sweet six-year-old looked at me and says, daddy, this is stupid and middle fingering. And I was like, oh, oh. yes. <laughs> It is definitely middle fingering like this. <laughs> so instead of like, instead of acting like it was like she had just said the worst thing in the world, I just couldn't stop laughing. And so, <laughs> and so now she's like Sarah Silverman um, and she's like constantly throwing out as many like shocking things as she can. So a mini Sarah Silverman is, does sound really adorable. It's adorable, but it's lie. awful. It's awful. <laughs> Just, I mean, I understand that as a father too. You know, she's like, "Oh, please don't, please don't do that." But like, oh my god, that's so cool. I know, I know. What are you gonna do? I know. Not at school. Never at school. That's the good. That's the good really? news. Really, that's and, great. Your yeah, teachers are like, "Oh, she's so sweet and, and empathetic and caring." And I'm like, "No, no, no. That's the, you clearly have the wrong file. Let's move to the next. Like, that's not. <laughs> you, you have the wrong little girl." <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so good. I'm I'm dreading just to get off at a small little tangent. Like I'm just dreading the the time whenever he's old enough for school. Yeah. I don't know what I'll do with myself because I'm like I'm such a weird hovering dad. It's gonna be fine. And it's nah, you yeah. you you're, you're gonna love it. I mean, like there's lots of things that are that are that are sadder when you are looking forward to them. Like you know, like first day he goes to school. True. You know, the first time he starts saying stuff that like clearly shows he idolizes his teacher more than you like you know like oh, yeah, like yeah. those kind of things yeah. are heartbreaking you think it's going to be heartbreaking mm-hmm. and then you're like oh no i'm glad his teacher is a good influence on him <laughs> you're like i'm glad yeah, i'm glad i have help in this i'm glad it's not just me I'll, like raising this child <laughs> i'd agree with you because it's it's a it's somewhat of a tough thing to get some good role models out there uh, yeah uh, but you just just from talking to you right now, man, you seem like a really like down to earth guy, got a good heart. And, you know, obviously, since you're a professor, you've got to have a good head on your shoulders. So you got that going. Oh, for thank you. you. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, NYU thinks so, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I still have a job. I guess I'll, I'll put it that way. I still have my job, even I mean, though hey. the whole world seems to be coming apart right now. So, oh, my God, I know. <laughs> so besides all that though like just how have you been this week man i just want to know like how are you how you been i mean look i don't want to get i don't want to bring you down it's been a hard week i feel like we have hit the uh we've hit this moment at least me with my family where we've been around each other a lot um i don't know when this is going to air but you know we're we're in the middle of a covid lockdown Mm-hmm. You know, New York is past the big numbers, um, but like I lost a couple of colleagues um, uh, to to the illness, and so it feels very real to me. Maybe in ways that it doesn't in other parts of the country, and I totally get that. Um, uh, yeah. But also, you know, I just it's 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 hard. I miss people. Um, I love my family, but I I you know I sort of I sort of I miss I miss seeing my 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 family that's further away that don't, don't live in new york right. my family that lives in the south um and i just i don't know when we're gonna see them i don't know when we're gonna when we're gonna be able to make trips so that's that's yeah. just you know it feels like we're in for a longer haul than it felt 
March 7th when we started our lockdown up here in New York. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I imagine, man, I, I, I'm, really sorry to hear that you've lost people man that that is yes well uh, it is it's a it's a tragedy anytime you lose someone to anything you know but but with this which is and i don't want to get like too i'm not going to get political yeah yeah like it is it is it is a sad thing to see because of you know people's lack of empathy towards this crisis that's causing others to you know like you to like lose people that are close to yeah, you. I mean, I, I like avoiding the politics of this and everything. I, I just want to say like the, the thing that's really hard is that, you know, if someone's sick, your natural tendency is to like go see them and like yeah. hug them and kiss them and hold them and care for care them. For them. You know? And like, this is one of those things. It's like, it's just, it's kind of the opposite sort of thing, you know? Um, uh, I mean, I'm in some ways I'm really lucky. I lost my mom and my dad two, uh, two, three years, uh, two years ago and six years ago. And, um, and wow. you know, like, I don't know, I would, I would, I think I would be devastated if I was, if they were in a retirement home or something like that and I couldn't go yeah. and see them and knowing that like, maybe they've got five months left, maybe they have a year left, but like, I won't be a part of that, at least in person. That is just, it's devastating. Um, Absolutely. So, I mean, in some ways, well, sorry, that's a, <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Like, yeah. like I've, I've told other people this too, or the last person, like, I, I know these are, are tangents that may or may not make a cut. I personally want to hear about it because like, I do generally like care about you who I'm talking to. Like I legitimately want to know how people are doing. I don't just ask that question because it's, filling time like i legitimately do care about people yeah. and i and i'm and thank you for for telling me yeah. that though. but i will tell you here's one really great thing is that because yeah. the dungeon dads podcast has been we've been recording very regularly and we live all over the country so i live in new york uh sam frank who is one of the dads on the podcast he lives in austin texas tim carr is uh works in tv and lives in la and John Watson, wow. who's a Broadway singer, he has he left New York a few years ago, and he lives in North Carolina. So the the cool thing is that the the, the podcast for us was we started it as a way to hang out with each other because we're we're like you know average American dudes that don't know how to like talk to each other without something to do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and so we started playing uh, we started playing D and D together online and we're all basically professional storytellers. Like we all work in the field of storytelling. And even though we come at it like, like wildly different angles. And so the like, like COVID and lockdown, all that stuff has not, has not interfered with our ability to make the podcast, play our games, tell our stories. And in fact, it's meant that we've all had a little bit of extra time to do it. And so last night we recorded a really really fun episode and we were all up until like 1 30 in the morning and you know so like there are so many good things in the world and for us like oh the, man the like making the podcast and playing this stupid game that we play is like <laughs> it like it's just it's like such a ray of light for for all of us um and it well, good keeps man. Us together like we're like we're yeah. good friends and we get to hang out together you know once a week for three hours it's great well, that was that really an, actually answers my absolute question is what I'm calling it right now. 
but just of like what you treasure most about D&D or tabletop role playing games. And it, that I feel like that's a good answer that's it. for that's it. it. Like nails on on the head. Yeah. Man, so thank you. Yeah. We, we, we don't do we don't do uh, fantasy football. You know, we don't I think we all probably have like a PlayStation or something, but we've never been a group of people who like do that online together. D&D is the first thing we found that gives us a creative outlet and also lets us be together and talk and joke and laugh and we record it and then we take turns editing different episodes and so you know when you edit it you get to relive it and then you post it and i mean we i think i told you before we started recording we don't have a lot of listeners we do have a lot more than we ever thought we were going to have <laughs> it was a little bit of like you know this will be fun like our kids will one day like listen to us and hear us having a good time that was sort of like that would be a really cool thing for them to be able to do right but we have like legit fans and it really keeps us going and um it's i mean it's 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 a it's a blast it's really fun man that's so good though like i've been just listening to just my face is just beaming with a huge mm-hmm. grin cuz i'm like i it legitimately makes me happy for you guys that's so cool so yeah and you're just kind of semi answering some of the other questions i was gonna ask you but i mean it's very good yeah it makes my job a bit easier but also you know you (laughs) you're hitting some good good topics hot pod here man some real hot pod yeah (laughs) hot 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 pod too hot yeah Hot pockets. Hot pockets. So, yeah. So, I want to just say real quick, maybe even ask. I'll ask, but I'll also comment on, I visited you guys' Twitter, but the the website you guys have. It's a a really sleek design website. And I just want to say for anyone listening, check it out. Yeah. DungeonDads.com. And I will tell you, our resident webmaster, Sam Frank, he's on the Dungeon Dads podcast. We all, in the beginning, we decided to like break up responsibilities. And he's like, I want to go take a class online on web development. And so, so the Dungeon Dads, uh, DungeonDads.com was his final project for his Ooh, <laughs> for his wow. online web development class. And it's wild because it's not he didn't use any of the online the whatever the the WYSIWYG you know website creating things like the pre gen like you can yeah. make your own like through Wix or it, whatever they are. I now. mean, like our website is legit just like coding in a folder like you like you just drop the folder you change a couple of files you do a little different coding in it and like i I mean it's yeah so in a way like all of us decided we were gonna have things that were new to us that we learned that was part of like making this thing and so because we're also industrious like as human beings that we're like, okay, well, I want to learn how to do online marketing and I want to learn how to do, you know, uh, audio editing and I want to learn how to do this and that. And so like, it's like making a shed deciding yeah. I'm going to put a toilet in there. So now I need to learn how to do plumbing. <laughs> you know? Man, that would be a great shed. Plumbing, you know, <laughs> well, that sounds like a really good, like individual slash group projects that really seems to expand your, your already seemingly, illustrious repertoire man (laughs) yeah well no one's gonna pay any of like we are a whole all four of us are like total bards right we're total jacks (laughs) of all trades masters of none right probably with the exception of john watson who is a broadway singer who is just i mean his voice is just incredible like it's ludicrous like how good of a voice he is is Um, that him singing yeah so all the music with the exception of so um one of the characters in the in the podcast his name is wokest the locust and that's played by me (laughs) and i and i write and i write original songs for wokest the locust to sing um but they're not like they're all like basically like 
you know, dirty ballads. That's and, great. Though. Yeah. But, but so John is like, he's like a real musician and a real like singing star. I think he got second place in uh, North Carolina's got talent when he was like Whoa. 19 years old. Oh my and, God. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I mean, he's like a legit talent. And then, um, so like the music is him. Tim Carr is in TV production and he does like incredibly hilarious bits, which I'm not allowed to say what TV show he does them for, for various reasons, but he is a big time guy with that. But he's also, as long as we've known him, he's been like practicing voices and never played D and D before. What? So like, yeah. So like he's, he had, he's been building since he's like 12 years old, all the tools to oh be a perfectly God. like excellent D and D player, including like the anal retentive, like <laughs> rule obsession, right? Like, like, oh man, like he's memorized the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide. And like, it's hard for him not to metagame when we play. Um, <laughs> But it's really he's he's like so good at figuring out weird ways to bend and play with the rules. It's great, it's super fun, uh, dude. That sounds so. like he's like a real talent, and like he seems is. like he's a he's a a fun player for your guys' as a podcast. There he is. I mean, like we we'll have these moments where I'm like, I, I I think it was like I think it was episode twelve where they go in this town and they decide they're gonna have they're gonna get go in disguise. But like it's all audio, right? So there's no showing someone in disguise. So I was like, okay, well, obviously, if you're going to go in disguise, this is a podcast. You have to like use different voices, right? And and they did, and it was amazing. Oh, and, a dream. And, and yeah, it was. I, well, yeah, Tim. Tim becomes a halfling named Corin, who um, suddenly has the deepest Scottish brogue <laughs> you've ever heard. I'm like, oh my god, where do you come up with this? <laughs> anyway, oh, oh sorry. Oh, I did it. No, it's fine. It's yeah. fine. Sorry. I'll say <laughs> <shit>. crap. <laughs> okay. So that sounds really, really fun though, man. Like I am going through everyone who I have on like a somewhat of a semi list people I want to interview. I'm trying to go through and I, I have enough time in my day at work to where I can, I should be able to listen to at least 10 hours worth of podcast, you know, content. So I'm, I'm day? To, yeah, because my job is a 10 hour work shift. So I'm, I'm going down. I had heard at least the intro music and, and a bit of you guys. And I'm like, okay, that's already great. I want to listen to more. Cool. And so I'm I'm really looking forward to really diving into your guys' content there. Yeah, I think you're gonna like it. I mean, have you have you played a lot of uh uh five E's? You said you're a you're you're a DM yes. now, right? Uh fun fact, I technically started D D as a DM. Yeah, that's how that's how yeah. it happens. <laughs> well, and the reason I'll say technically is because my actual first experience as a player was back in 4e and i i literally made it through half of a session before the the entire group basically fell apart people weren't paying attention people were on their phones and stuff like that and i was so jazzed i was so excited to play this game because i had never actually played before and this was whenever i was in college maybe around like 20 maybe 2012 and for years before i had you know read through 3.5 i had i was <laughs> i was big into larping also whenever i was younger mm -hmm. and a lot of the people yeah. there uh go figure loved to play D D, and sure, so sure. i but they were all they were all probably like oh 2e is the only <laughs> game you can play <laughs> surprisingly man. not Th like the only thicko is right? the best i've oh, heard no? that but only from the the eldest 
one who was who was LARPing with us. Uh, uh, the geriatric pretty of the much. group is what you're saying. The guy, the guy, he was he was over forty. He was. So. <laughs> he was technically legally blind out there LARPing with everyone. It was crazy. But all the other people played three or three point five, and so I was around enough of the talk and stuff like that to really get me jazzed. And I had other other ways that I was into it. I played through that half session. I thought, I really want to do this, but I did not have a great time, and I think I could do better. So I had a long, like maybe it was years, maybe five, six years before I actually started getting back into it due to other podcasts that were becoming popular at the time. And so I, I had uh, started up and I got my my brother and uh, actually my roommate who had no interest in tabletop role-playing games or D&D. Uh, I was like, hey, do you guys want to do this? Like, I'll make something up. And I, I did not start with a pre-written campaign. I made a homebrew campaign and all this stuff. It was terrible. I was, was yes, it? man. I was. Oh. Was it terrible for Was it terrible for you or terrible for them or both? <laughs> I'll say. I'll say this. Uh, they said they had a great time. Uh, obviously, yeah, so they had yeah. uh, words of wisdom. But it is. It was. Sure. Yeah. It is an important thing that they had fun. I, I mean, it's such a complicated game, and yet. I mean, to me, the reason why 5e is so great is the the bounded d20 for saves, skill checks, attacks, everything where you don't end up with these like silly numbers, like you don't ever end up with a 75 armor class. And so, you know, I I mean, you know, you're mentioning like older versions. My my first time playing was when I was I guess I was 11 years old. Uh, So that was like 1989. Um and it was AD&D 2E, AD&D 1E. I can't remember which one. It was Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, but I, I can't remember if it was one or two. We, we, we played both. So I think AD&D 2 was out, but my dungeon master was my mom's boyfriend at the time, who was also a teacher at the school. And, and he started with like the very first edition. So he was mixing and match- matching from lots of different versions and trying to make it simpler because he was trying to teach a bunch of kids how to play. Oh, that's and cool, though. I- I'm sure for him it wasn't nearly as fun as it was for us. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he would have rather... You know, I-, I-, I grew up in Okinawa, Japan, and-, and so I was on a military base. And the Americans who were there would come in. Most of them were coming in for like one-year tours. So it was hard to get friends that you had like groups that would stick together for like long campaigns that sort of thing and so he was like look i'm gonna get with the teacher's kids because the teachers stay here and maybe in a few years they'll be good enough to actually be fun (laughs) (laughs) and he was was a very kind guy so it was like you know maybe he was also just trying to be a nice guy and teach us something that he loved um but uh it was so confusing and not just armor class and Thaco, which was to hit armor class zero, like everything. I've read up about that so many times. I still do not understand it. Yeah. I mean, the, the basic idea is that um, it, it's a, just a continuum and like with no bonuses, no nothing, your armor class was 10, just like it is now, uh, except your armor class when you would put on armor instead of it going up your class it would go down and it had so you'd put on studded leather and now it's armor class seven you put on you know you know full plate and now it's armor class zero 
And the whole game was based on the whole attacking was based on like hitting armor class zero. So as you leveled up your ability to hit armor class zero, uh, went down on your die roll. So like when you start off, everyone is to hit armor class zero 20, you have to roll 20 to hit armor class zero. So your Thaco oh, wow. is 20. It's so like the ma- <laughs> you can already see that like, as you're going through this thing, it's like math becomes this gatekeeper and, yeah. and it was fun because we were a bunch of math nerds and we were like, Oh, uh-huh, like we're going to go through here. And like, I have all these like modifiers and now I have to do these like, you know, you know, positive and negative math to see if I'm going to actually be able to hit. <laughs> there were like these long arguments about like, you know, it's two minus six negative four or, you know, like, like it was, it was just, I don't know. It was fun, but it was, it was keeping people out. Um, and I, and five E is just, there's a lot of things going on, but the basic foundation of it is so simple that it's so easy to tell a story and like have D and D be like the the building blocks for narrative in ways that you had to like. It was all about mechanics, even in four E. If you remember, like it was so many mechanics. It's like get this I, yeah. feat and that feat, and now you get to do this and that and this. And th- now it's like, no, we're gonna tell a story. Maybe a wizard isn't gonna be quite as bad at hitting someone with the staff as they were <laughs> in previous editions, but that doesn't make him a badass fighter. And you know, you're still it, it just makes it easier to tell stories. That's that's what I like about it. The way I've viewed it as, and I agree with you there, like 4E, even though I had a very brief stint in it, there was a lot of rules that were being presented that was like, okay, this I understand, but it's just not making sense. And whenever for me I was having to play as I'm learning this for someone new especially it absolutely it's impossible it's, 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 it's impossible it's where 5e 5e it just seems like they've taken this what what seemed to be a very rules heavy maybe not rules heavy is the right word but a very kind of condensed rules game into a free for like you said a free form storytelling where it's like don't worry about realism you know a wizard doesn't have to be this ancient old man who you know has spent years in seclusion learning arcane spells he can be you you can be like a a child who's a wizard whatever it's it's your it's the player's choice to have that freedom which i would say brings into light new modes of storytelling and new avenues for those storytelling which is great absolutely yeah i couldn't agree more it's great yeah i mean i'm playing with right now john watson who's on the podcast uh he has his his oldest daughter is like nine months younger than my oldest daughter and um, we were like, okay, let's see if we can do this. And so even though he's in North Carolina and I'm up in New York, um, you know, we're putting together a, uh, a campaign that is um, these two druid twins because they were like, cool. I want to have nature powers. I'm like, all right, you got nature powers, girls. And then like they wanted uh, familiars, but they didn't say that. They're like, I want a cat that I can see that through their eyes. And I'm like, that's actually a spell. We can do that. Like, like it's already built in. We don't have to make it up. And um, and uh, and then John and I take turns being the DM. And then I made a character in it as, as their NPC. And it's, he's sort of a Conan type character. His uh, he's a he's a Goliath. A barbarian named Me Ug Dug, Me Ug Dug, yeah, Me Ug Dug, and 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 like it's, that's his whole name. Like his name is Me Ug Dug, and um, and you know, there's it's like it it's teaching them how to role play and occupy another like mind. And the cool thing is, is that even if they forget all the spells they have, Five E is made so you can say, "Here's what I want to do," 
And it's such a collaborative game experience that your DM, it's like perfectly natural and acceptable for your DM to say, oh, well, you know, you have beast sense, so you could cast that. That would allow you to do this thing that you want to do. And because you said you wanted to like vault over them with a somersault, give me a D20 athletics check or whatever to see if you can do it. Pathfinder especially the the last one it, it was that stuff was a little bit harder it was more bounded than what you could do more game like i mean in this last session with with the girls i like me ugdug like through like shoves the great sword in the ground and i'm like i'm gonna grapple this guy and i'm gonna swing his body against the great sword and see if oh. i can lop his head off <laughs> and, and, and both the girls are like don't do it me ugdug and i'm like me ugdug must do this me ugdug, no. <laughs> don't do it me ugdug it's disgusting and of course i roll a one and i didn't oh, do it perfect. and perfect. You know, so it's like you know but that's the that's the beauty of it it's like all of these things are just ways to insert randomness and chance in the way that you tell these stories. My other uh, actually, I said, had been a player of mine. He's He also has a, a young daughter who's, I think she's about five now. She's five, um, yeah. A little bit young for it, but like a little still, bit. You can do it a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what he's found to do, just talking about how 5e especially can be used as storytelling, he's asked me for a lot of, it seems like random info, but when I put it together, it's, it's very thought out on his part to where he doesn't actually have her play D&D. It's basically kind of like, hey, here's story time. You tell me what you want to do in your story, you know? Right. right. And then it's just like, hey, they have like uh, they have a d20 but they have a very loose concept of skills and you know and as well right. as like danger and stuff like that but yeah. you know and he's like dude thank you so much for you know teaching me in a way how to have this mo- these moments with my daughter and it's yeah. and it's great to hear about well, you know, I, it, the weird thing is, is like, I, I think about this stuff and I'm like, I, you know, I really love this stuff and I'd like to, I, I want to foster it in my kids, even though I'm sure it's going to make them in some ways social pariahs a bit the way I was <laughs> when I was a lot younger. <laughs> like, it's fine because it's like, it's so awesome to to do and like, let your mind go these like wild, like oh, yeah. wonderful places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think about like, you know, um, my my dad used to take us all fishing and I was the only one who liked to fish. I only liked to fish because it was my dad. Right? And he was like, all right, this is how you do this. Like we're going to, you know, I'm going to teach you how to take the fish off the hook. I'm going to teach you how to, you know, bait the hook. going to do this, you know, do all this stuff. The number of people who like went fishing and then just hated it and like never came back to it. It's yeah. pretty high. Like it's a pretty high percent of kids. I think I was there too. I think I was like, oh, fishing. And then once you catch yeah. a fish, it's great. But yeah. Then, oh, I got to yeah. do the whole hook thing. It's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, so like, but like I, I have this fear. I'm like, oh, this is going to be like, this could be like fishing for my sister. <laughs> like, like, like she likes the time with her dad but she really hates what we're actually doing. And, you know, so like, I'm also cognizant of being like, okay, so we're going to go play with ponies. Okay. Yeah. We'll do that too. (laughs) We'll do that also. Wow, dude. (laughs) Well, that that actually kind of leads me into a question I was going to ask you of, so have your children listened to your podcast at all? Yes. My podcast, our podcast is pretty inappropriate for children. And, uh, I think I think maybe we weren't recording yet when you asked me about this, and I was telling you stories about like my my two girls. They're you know one's turning nine, one's six, 
and they sort of swear like sailors and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's and it's fine i mean look it's it's fine it's cute they don't do it out of the house but i am not going to win any father of the year awards for having um for having children that always sound respectful um and and um so they love the podcast and you know they love it not because of me they like john and sam and tim more than me in the podcast and they're like why aren't you doing a good voice and i'm like go fuck yourself i i mean really come on daddy's trying over here <laughs> that like like i'm really trying to do good voices here just because i'm we're up, i'm up against these professional sweetie, you actors. just make daddy like, sad come on now uh, but yeah sweetie sweetie i I hope you didn't want to go to Disneyland because that's not happening now. <laughs> yeah. That's cruel. That's, the worst. that's so cruel. The <laughs> what were you? What age were you whenever you first got into uh, so tabletop I, games? I, I played the first. My first role playing game uh, was uh, with Russell Sparks. Was with, with my mom's uh, friend who was a teacher and. I was uh, 10 years old and my character was Jason Roland Hapsmith, a paladin. And, uh, and um, again, the old AD&D rules meant that like characters had ridiculous numbers you had to roll. And so, so I, you know, like you, you, you rolled your character first and then you chose what class you could be. Right. So like, like I got a really high charisma and I got a medium high strength and some wisdom and some constitution. And, you know, and I was like, oh, I, I could be the most difficult class to be the paladin. And I like, I didn't know it then, but I certainly know it now. Like in my heart of hearts, I am a hardcore chaotic, neutral human being. <laughs> and 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 it was really hard for me to play a lawful good paladin of Torm. I was like, no. I like my my DM every once in a while was like, well, you're gonna lose all your abilities if you do that. I'm like, why? But he's talking smart to me. I want to chop his head off. He's <laughs> like, what that's, I was thinking. Yeah, that's not what a paladin. That's yeah. I was always an Ugdug. I think. Oh man, <laughs> you're just an Ugdug truly. Yeah. Through and through. <laughs> through and through, Ugg Doug. Well, Ugg Doug, thank you so much. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> guess I'll be starting talking to Ugg Doug now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what was it with you said Jason Roland Hapsmith? Yeah. <laughs> you you were you said you were a paladin. It seemed like you were doing the best you could to stick within your alignments of as paladins had to back then, I know. Yeah. What was your defining moment back then to you that was like I absolutely love this. I want to do this for a long time. Oh yeah. Okay. So we went in a cave and I'm sure it was probably a, ri- a pre-written uh, adventure. I'm not sure, but we went into a cave and there were a bunch of goblins in there and back then wizards before like level 7 were just trash. They uh, <laughs> like like they were just liabilities to you. They could throw darts, I think. I think so they had darts which were like, you know, a d3 or a d2 damage. It's pathetic and they could have quarter staffs, but you know, you know nobody had high strength and and they got a yeah. d4 for hit points and you know like Oof. it was just terrible like they just there was nothing good about a wizard until you got to higher levels and um the game was so punishing anyway my friends were like i am going to be a spellcaster you know i <laughs> am going to be a divine cleric and i'm going to have all these bill and i'm like i'm going to be the guy who like chops everybody up and protects your asses and hell yeah, brother. You know what I mean? And and, and we go in, and our, our DM is like clearly used to playing with people who don't cry when their character goes down. 
Um, it was like two rounds of combat, and everybody was down but Jason Roland Hapsmith. And I was like, the shining light. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, there are eleven goblins. I could either go and fight them, or I could try and drag my downed comrades out. And I think I had a eighteen twenty three. So back then, if you got six 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 on your on your uh, on your die roll for your ability modifier for strength. You got to roll a D one hundred to give yourself like superhuman strength. So, what? yeah. So like so like an like an eighteen for a non warrior class was uh, plus one to hit and plus two to damage. For a warrior class, you got to roll a D one hundred to add to it. And if you got a Whoa. zero zero, so one hundred, it was like plus three to hit plus eight damage. Like it was crazy. Whoa. Yeah, it was. I, I can't remember what the actual numbers were. It was like insane how much more. So like there was some variation of it all the way up. And so Jason had, I think, like an 1891. So his 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 eight his 18 strength had a like superhuman 91 quotient. And so he was like pretty bad. Like he could he when he hit a goblin, they turned into a like thin spray of red mist. <laughs> But he had to hit them, and there were just a lot of them. And I just was like, I think I'm going to try to pick these guys up. My carrying capacity was very spelled out, and it was like we had rolled for weight and everything. And so Jason had to drop. Yeah, Jason had to drop his helmet, his shield, his sword. He had to drop everything in order to carry these three puny, crappy spellcasters out of this cave. (laughs) Oh, and there was a rogue. There was a rogue who was like – you know, who was just ter- like rogues back then were fine, but like they were just trap springers, basically. They were shooting at Jason and it took like three rounds and he was running and he was getting hit. And he did his like lay on hands ability to bring himself like up to like nine hit points. And I get out of the cave and I threw the bodies down and the goblins <laughs> were still coming out. And I was like, I didn't fight anybody. I saved these dudes lives. And and I've never had more fun. And then I like reached down and grabbed the wizard's dagger and I ran in and slaughtered all the goblins oh, <laughs> anyway. And I, and I was like, oh my God, this is so great. Oh my God. <laughs> You're, that just sounds like you just had a bloodlust. It was a bloodlust. <laughs> and, and, and I did lose my paladin abilities after that because the, <laughs> the DM was like, you should have, you had a spell to cure wounds. You should have given them the lay on hands, not yourself. And I'm like, me, Ugdug, want blood. <laughs> you know? like, so. Ugdug's thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, you just saying that is talking, at least connecting it back to what we were saying about, you know, the differences in 5e. I don't think I would ever hear of a of a DM in, in you know, now in 5th edition being like, no, I'm going to penalize you for having fun. You oh, know? oh, oh, you'd think that. You'd think that. But then John Watson, who has an offline game, uh, we're playing Rise of Tiamat. I have a bard warlock multi-class and, uh, who was chaotic neutral, as you would imagine. And, and, and he recently took away my warlock powers, uh, because I stole something. I don't even know. It's too, it's, and, and it was like, it caused a lot of controversy in the, in the, in the, in the, at the table, people texted me being like, Hey dude, are you okay? I'm like, yo, I'm, (laughs) I'm fucking fine. That's how I'm doing. Um, <laughs> I'm fine. Sure, yeah. whatever. Yeah. My Shut character's up not in your fine. face, mouth, face. Like I'm fine. I don't care. I don't care. Eat boogers, nerd. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
<laughs> so yeah and that's great though that people do that like i i think that the current campaign i'm running for my players i also have a warlock where there are certain things where i may have in, in mind of like at least just for the warlock of hey if something you know ticks off the wrong way maybe your warlock powers may get rescinded or something like that don't do it don't do it i mean here's so let me all right so just make sure you you really talk with your player about it because he, absolutely because I, I just I feel like the narrative aspect of it can be really fun, but because Five E can take such huge arcs of time that mm-hmm. like let's let's say let's say you do it let's say like your great old one decides you, you know he's not going to let him have a telepathic you know I don't know connection to his familiar. I mean we have battles that last three hours. We have sessions that you know it could take five sessions that you know we we meet you know in in our offline game we meet once a month so you potentially have a situation where one of your one of your uh, players doesn't have the thing that he planned on having for like five months and that sucks right so so like like thinking about those kinds of things but i'm all for i'm all for negative consequences to the team for crap that your bard and your warlock do because that's only fair right like you know i mean sure i mean like that's why you have a bard on the on the team or a warlock on the team is you know because they're getting out of shape and if you gotta you know you're gonna do laps it's gotta be somebody's fault that you're all doing laps in the current campaign i'm running players i let them have as much fun as they want to right if the fun that they're having is going through just fine but they maybe decide on something that could have a bad consequence and it happens like they will definitely Oh, those yeah. consequences yeah. you know well, like, how fun is sure. that like that's so, that's so fun for you i mean that's the that's that's what you're doing yeah. you're doing this work together but it's 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 just a really really fun thing whenever you can have those kind of like from your first time playing in what did you say 1e 2e yeah. 2e i yep. think you said a 2 to 5e it's got to be a different thing especially now that you guys uh to bring it all back to your podcast that you guys are like recording yeah. and i just want to ask you like what or who was the first thing that made you go hmm I really want to start like recording us guys. How did, well, how did we're all happen? egomaniacs. So that's like a part of it. Um, um, <laughs> we, we, we listen to a lot of these podcasts and, and for us, we, you know, we, we are writers, we are storytellers, like all, all four of us in, 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 in different media, we're all storytellers. And mm-hmm. we started playing together without recording and we were having a really good time. And, uh, I think I think it was me. I don't. I think it was me. I floated the idea that we should think about recording, and I wasn't sure what the process was to make a podcast. Like I just I hadn't done that before, and I didn't know what the barrier to entry was. And then you know, and I'm a professor, and I don't really want my kid, my students, like to stumble on it and hear me doing a lot of weird stuff. And so like there was a lot of like like nerves, right? Apprehension like, it, of it. Yeah, I mean, and so. And so it became very clear that if we were going to do that thing, that it was going to be a little different from the other the other podcast that we listened to. It was going to be super heavy in like radio storytelling like techniques. So like we we listened to 1920s and 1930s like radio novellas and trying to like get a sense. I mean, I did. I think Sam did. Trying to get a sense of like how how they built those stories with really limited scripts because the radio, they weren't like recording those things. A lot of times they were just 
broadcasting them live. So it was like, you know, yeah. the equivalent of uh, Twitch or something like that, but like really complicated, like long narrative arcs. Um, and so th- like that was important to us. And then um, audio quality was huge for Tim and John, who are both um, like professionals in media. And so, so we, we did a lot, we had a lot of discussion about how to make sure the audio was really, really, really high quality. And, and then because of that, we had to like, listen to a lot of others. And, you know, I like, I liked, I listened to maybe 15 or 16 episodes of Critical Role. It was pretty good. Like, you know, Mm. um, it always felt like I was listening to just the audio of it. And it always felt like they were playing a game in person that required sight and, and you were missing something by just listening to it. And several of the other podcasts that that are that way. So Venture Maidens, we listened to some of that. Um, I, I really liked uh, You Meet in a Tavern, which was a, um, a it's it's still around. They're still recording. But all those things were like people getting together in person, setting up mics. They could be super high quality mics, but they're setting up mics at a table and they're playing. And so the game itself was not the thing. It, I mean, I mean, the game was the thing. The recording was just like a remnant of it like was like an artifact of it, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so like, that was the thing we were like, okay, like, can we make this really cool and fun and have, have the podcast be the whole thing? The, the whole thing we're doing is the audio podcast and how do we do that? And, and so it, it was mo- like, we were just doing research. Like, is there anything out there that's doing the things we want to do that we want to listen to? And the answer at the time was no. And so we were like, okay, let's make the podcast we want to listen to. And, okay. and that's, that's, that's how we decided to do it. And we started recording in February of last, last year. And we wanted to get a backlog and we wanted to make sure it was good. And then we had to get over our apprehension of publishing it and having people that we know, know that we were playing Dungeons and Dragons. And for me, it was a big deal. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a real deal, like academic, super serious public policy environment. And I still am pretty tight lipped about what my passion is. <laughs> like, I still don't, you know, I'm still sort of like, you know, I, um, there's a lot of things that are way more important than Dungeons and Dragons. And my colleagues and I are working on a lot of those things. And so yeah. that I'm spending an inordinate amount of time working on like in this field because it's awesome. Can yeah, you know, it's like, you can get some judgment from colleagues who are like trying to solve racial injustice, <laughs> you know? And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's also important, but like, listen to dungeon dad's podcast. We deal with that too. <laughs> you know? So that's great though. Yeah. Like I, I think it's important for, uh, I think we mentioned it briefly earlier about like politics and stuff like that, of what could be going on, you know, in D and D and stuff like that and everything. But it's important to kind of uh, you know approach that with an open mind, obviously, and stuff like that. Yeah. Though, but with your apprehension about the things that going back to that, like, like I, I totally get that. Even this, what I'm doing with you right now, yeah. I've told, I've told Twitter, no one who's close to me, none of my family are on Twitter, none of the people I play D and D with are on Twitter. They don't know what yeah. I'm doing, and it's weird. It's weird to kind of like go be going behind backs about that. Yeah. You know, well, I mean, look, it is it is a you, you know, a pretty good amount about the people that are in your life. And yeah. and for me, I know 
that this is definitely not co- like people that I work with. It's not their bag, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> and and you know they will support me if I ask for support because they're nice people, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I also I'm just like there are like our people are out there and and they are consuming podcasts and looking for this like weird new way of like storytelling. I mean, like I've written a lot of short stories. I've published a lot of short stories Um, and like some like weird avant-garde shit that like, you know, is like impenetrable. It's more impenetrable than D and D one E. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and I think this is true for Sam and, and John and maybe Tim also Tim, does a lot of storytelling at his work for his actual paycheck. Um, So maybe it's a little bit less of an outlet for him in this way is that I think we all sort of feel like we found our creative narrative medium together. And, and that is, you know, now that we have, I don't know, we probably have, I I think we've gone over 20,000 downloads now. So we've got like, what? We've got like people listening, you know, our Facebook page and our Twitter account is like active. People like respond to us. We've got like a couple of super fans who are, you know, I, I know they're like anxiously awaiting like the next episode and I wish we could get them out <laughs> faster and, you know, that sort of thing. And it's such a good feeling that now yeah. I'm a little less apprehensive. I'm like, oh, right. It's a real thing, you know, and yeah. I think you'll feel that way, too. It. It's the the fear is that you like spend hundreds of hours on something and then no one gives a shit and no one listens. Yep. But yep. but here's the thing, and this is the one thing I worry about for you, Austin, is that because you're a one man show, like you have other people who come on, but like it's still it's you. Yeah. For for the four of us, we'd be getting together and doing something online, talking to each other anyway yeah what this has done is provided a little bit of like stupid american masculine like structure that we're like well well we gotta build that shed now you know we're building that shed together you know hold my beer like we have a little bit of that going on with each other and and for for whatever reason we need it like we 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 can't like we can't get get on facetime and be like let's have a let's have a hangout guys like let's just uh all have a glass of wine and uh and like sit in our perspective like cities across the country and just talk to each other we like like we would we would probably try to do that but we just we're just like not we're not good like our we're we're just we're conditioned to do stuff (laughs) and and so you know for us it's like like we'd be doing it anyway and that's what makes it awesome we love it it's good though what i wanted to do with this podcast is even if it's just for a short amount of time for one, I want to have a new experience of something. Like yeah. I, I rarely, and I think I mentioned this before, like I rarely go out. And I think it was before we started recording. I rarely go out and do anything, you know, in, in person, you know, try new things like making a podcast. Like no one I have ever met in my life, I think, has ever been a person who has probably started a podcast, let alone thought like, hmm, I wonder if I could do that, you know? Because mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I don't think it takes a special kind of someone to do it. I don't, but I, you know, I never would have thought that I would be talking to someone like you or, or other people on, 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 online and having them on to a recording session. It's, it's mind boggling. And it's, yeah. it, 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 I think that anyone can do it, but what I want to do with this, 
uh, again is to even if it's you know five episodes and that's as far as I go, I want that to be out there. Like I'm I'm the kind of person that like without like a paycheck or friends waiting around for something I'm, I owe them, like it's it's hard it's hard to like do the thing. Um, it's hard to do the hard stuff. It's easy to do the easy stuff. Like yeah. it's easy to show up and like play a game of D and D with my buddies. Like it's harder to yeah. be like, okay, now I'm going to spend six hours cleaning up this audio from four different tracks and adding some music background <laughs> and stuff, even though it's so fun. Like if, if there wasn't people who like I was sharing it with and be like, Hey, like I was so proud of myself. I made, um, I went and like, and, and put my iPhone in a Ziploc bag and I blew bubbles in this thing so I could get the sound of bubbles coming up so I can make this filter Ooh. for like underwater conversation <laughs> while we're like in the game. And like, you know, and like ma- no one is going to like notice that and be like, whoa, that took like seven hours. And I'm that's like, no, next level. <laughs> yeah. Right. But like, that's how we approach it. We're like, we're like, we're, we're competitive with each other in the sense of like, I want to sh- I want to do something cool that they think is cool that they that they yeah. like. And so for 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 us in our creative process, I think having having the four of us has been is like the important part of it. Like I don't think I'd be able to. I mean, we've put out including bonus episodes. I think we're at like 41 episodes, something like that now. And this every episode's a lot of work. So, yeah, well, but I can it, tell you're good and you're and you're going to be a good you're going to be a, I mean, you're a good interviewer now. I can tell that like because you're interested in people you're going to you're going to get you're going to get just keep getting better. I hope this is the worst episode you ever have. And <laughs> and you just keep getting better and better. I and mean, this is already good, but you're getting you're going to get better and better and better and better and better uh the more you do it. Um again, I'm like just brimming. My face is just grinning just good. because like I've never done an interview. The the last person I interviewed, that was like the first time I've done something like this. Yeah. Like I, I'm I telling love, you. I I do love to talk to people like you said, and it's something that I've had a passion for but never sought that out because I always felt myself was such a loner who, you know, no one wants to listen to me talk. No one wants to hear my advice for others. And so that's a weird way in a connection to why I'm doing this because I want you to be the one talking because I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah. And that's what I want others to get out of this is for, you know, the podcast that they love to listen to, the people that they love to hear goofing around over their earphones. I want them to get just an extra layer of you. You know what makes you you. Keep it up. Thank you. I'll be I'll be looking for your episodes. We were talking about earlier like that level of like apprehension. Yeah. You know? You got it. But I you I got, got it. it. You're right. You're you right. Got I got this. You got I got this. It. I got this. <laughs> you got this. Yeah. I got this. So a little bit kind of relating to what we were just talking about in terms of you guys trying to, you know, one up the other. And it seemed to me like it was sort of like a um, competitive showmanship Maybe is what you were kind of bit. talking to me about. Yeah. We're, 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 we're a bunch of peacocks. Like a, yeah, it's this that's group. We're, we're a lot of, we're, we're all four of us kind of peacocks. I mean, that's fun. It's, it's, it makes life interesting though. But so has, has, you guys starting your recording of episodes, you know, like you said, we were about 40, 41 episodes in, I think you said, has that whole process kind of changed the the way you guys play your games, maybe at home when you're not recording? A little bit. We, we definitely try stuff out with our other friends who we play together. Uh, we, so just to be clear, we don't, none of us play in person uh, with anyone. So none of oh, us okay. have like a local crew that we get together and play with. Um, and also none of us played from like, I, I played when I was like 10 to 13 
And I didn't play again until I was 40, 39, 39, 40. So like I, we, we all had a big gap in, in playing these games. So learning on roll 20 and use, we use Zencaster for our VOIP and, uh, and we also use it to, to, to record now that process was just getting into the game, like was the first couple of years. And now we'll do things like, okay, well, I, you know, I want to make a computer by ritual casting magic mouth uh, 47 different times. And like, I will have, like, <laughs> I will be able to have inputs and outputs and like use binary programming and, you know, and like testing it out to see if it's going to be cool with our other friends who inevitably think it's so lame and they just like get, you know, put your battle axe into someone's face, dude. Like, why are you doing that? So we do it like that changes a little bit, but Basically, we just all gotten better at play and better at the role play and better at knowing the rules enough to play around the rules. Um, you know, so so I I am I, I have really I have a really fun time with screwing around with mechanics basically now. And before it was like it was like I just got to figure out like is this a check or a save? Like we were <laughs> we were, like it was so confusing in the beginning. Like is this a check or a save? I do not know. And roll twenty lets you just click a button, but like which button do I push? The strength right. this this has strength here, a strength that says strength over here, and why does this one why is this one higher than this other one? So that stuff was like hard in the beginning. Now like like even in our offline games where we're able to, it's just seamless. Like we know what we're doing. That's good though. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So before you guys start to, you know, get into the recording session though, do you guys meet up beforehand and just have a big chat or like, do you guys have maybe like a pregame kind of like a ritual? I don't know. I, I've, I've asked this before on, on another interview, but like, I'm really curious if other people have that sort of, you know, pregame ritual of maybe getting, pumped up with music or podcasts or if like you just eat a whole bunch of food stuff it down your face you oh know, no or it's so much more boring it's so much boring than that so so we all have you know lots of things going on in our lives and there are things which are we have just we just we're, we're not going to talk about on our podcast so we don't talk about our work on podcast at all and so because we're like awesome friends uh we're also interested in like I haven't talked to you in the last six days. What the hell's going on? And, you know, and so our, like, we'll jump on and we're like prepping, you know, for the release that comes out on the next day. Cause we all, we record on Sunday nights and, mm -hmm. you know, so like we'll be doing last minute stuff for like releasing the next episode, that sort of thing. And it's like, Oh yeah, had a hard time. Like someone quit yesterday and get, you know, I have a lot more extra work or, you know, it's that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and, and then, um, and then we hit the record and it's just like, we transform ourselves. And, and so there's no, like, there's no fight song. Although John's heroes rise song is pretty, it pumps us up, but we, we play it exactly the way you hear it. So we do our intro in character. So someone does their, does the recap from the last episode and then we queue up and we play the, the intro song. Uh, and then we just get going, we just get going with it. That's it. That's cool. Yeah. I like that though. It's, 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 it's really simplistic. And honestly, I do the same thing with my characters because, or not my characters, but my players too. Just like, you haven't seen it for a week. You, you do want to know like what's been going on, you know? And I think it, it just kind of solidifies more and more the bond that you guys have as friends, but also, you know, obviously as players and stuff like that. And it's really good. I actually want to talk about the podcast now a little bit. So can, and again, you've named some names, but can you just kind of describe 
your group, I guess you'd say. Like, you are the DM. I'm the DM. Uh, Could you just give a brief description of the names and who they play? Yeah, so John Watson, he plays uh, Ionis Silhavind, and he is a... He's a wizard and a noble and the rightful heir to the throne of Montaire, which is a like a large city on a mountain that's not been featured in the game yet. And he is sort of on a mission to uh, reclaim his throne. His 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 family has been ousted. Um, uh, we have Filnir Omajira, who is a half elf warlock, who is a um, a pastry chef that. Uh, that makes an unholy pact with a hex blade and is now like a mild mannered killing machine. Oh man. And yeah. And, uh, and his sword, Pariso and Compitant is a, um, very nasty little, uh, devil who is, uh, I don't want to give away too much here, but is at the center of a sort of rising chaos in the Breen Valley where everything Ooh. takes place. And then Sam Frank, plays um uh Abel Rockbrother who is a is a, an old like his character class is old man um and <laughs> and he is a cleric a war cleric of Tempest that has sworn off um war and hmm. he is a former level 20 cleric that was sort of like Tempest's vessel champion and then he spent 30 years up on top of the mountain trying to cleanse himself of his God. And and he is now coming down for reasons which become more clear are related to uh Pariso and Capitan. Um wow. and uh and and as he come as he's uh sort of remembering how to do all the old stuff that Tempest <laughs> let him do, he is uh dealing with a crisis of identity as he gets back closer to his uh God that he despises and so that's the those are the main characters and there's a lot of npcs and a lot of different sort of factions as as uh all dnd games all good dnd games have absolutely but yeah that's that those are the main characters just listening to you describe them just makes me want to like all right man i'll see you later i'm gonna go listen yeah to go podcast listen I, I i it's a really good it's a really good podcast it is these characters are great i honestly like this it, it is my favorite dnd podcast and and <laughs> that's I, great. And I didn't expect to feel that way. It, it absolutely is. We we like I listen to these things multiple times. I am so proud of the guys every time I listen to it. Um, uh, if this was not Dungeons and Dragons, I think we'd have a lot more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> it, we 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 try to get people in, but it's a you know it's a barrier. Like people are like they have preconceived notions about D anD D, and and I think those those things are melting away a little bit it's getting much more mainstream yeah. uh but man it's a good story it's a really good story i'm really i'm excited to to really dig into it and start listening to it but i will say like i i would contest what you're saying like i think you guys playing DD is like the perfect way to get people interested because if you if you listen to my my episode zero the introductions it's a golden age right that's what you say yeah you're, yeah, you're that's, age, yeah. I, I firmly believe that this is the time to start a DD podcast whether that's an actual play podcast whether it's it's you know just a group of friends around the table whether it's like this kind of just like a talk show style kind of thing you know it's people are interested because of the storytelling it is kind of in my eyes it's the evolution of 
of storytelling. You know, we've had oral histories, we've had written histories, we've had, you know, movies and, and whatnot, documentaries. And now to me, it's D and D man. It's, it's the thing to do to tell stories around a campfire with some friends or whatever. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I like, I, I fully agree. Obviously I'm your, your, like I'm, I am your choir. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm um, I know. I know. So, so you have all these great characters though, without, without spoiling too much for, for listeners who are listening to your podcast or have not listened to it, just give me like a brief overview of the campaign. Like what, what is the, the driving force for these, these characters? Well, they all have different reasons for doing what they're doing. Um, so just from the character descriptions, you can probably tell that they have their own, they all have their own goals and uh, they like each other as, as a party of three. Abel's goal is to basically end all war. And so the original, uh, I mean, our, our campaign is every war must end. Um, he is trying to figure out the best way to screw over Tempest and not give him the wars that he wants. Iona Silhavines is out to prove himself and would love to be general of a big army and 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 would love to make this small corner of a much larger war that's going on elsewhere um, into the main campaign of the war and and so he's a bit like he's a bit like one of these West Point guys who is like a war college buff, like has studied this stuff and thinks it's awesome and like just is just looking to get like 20 or 30 good men that are going to you know follow him in the battle and and um and instead he's got a pastry chef and a war priest who doesn't want to do war and so so it's it's a like Jonas is I mean Ionis is probably is probably the most likely to get fragged <laughs> by his own men <laughs> um, and uh and then and then Filnir, who is the half elf warlock, he is like on this incredible journey of self discovery. Of like, he was not a good soldier. He was never powerful. He sort of found himself as a basically a docent at a ambassador's office from from uh, Neverwinter, and he has found himself just imbued with unbelievable power and. Uh, he's chosen for a very specific reason. Uh, that reason is that he is so weak, and <laughs> and the Hexblade has lots of plans for him. But you can see that we I built I try to help build this triangle of like very competing goals uh, mm-hmm. as these three characters who their tactics align, but their overall strategy is wildly different. And so they they like you know they want to go and find the grove the Druid Grove and help purify it. Right. They want that all three of them. Jonas wants it so he can like get um, uh, more accolades and get more soldiers and get more people to support him. Filnir wants it so he can like suck, get, have more blood and souls <laughs> like sucked into <laughs> his hex blade. And Abel wants it because he believes that like purifying the glade is going to help bring peace to the region. And so like they are all marching toward uh, I think I think it's not it's not too much to say these guys are marching toward catastrophe and uh, personal conflict. Like it. Yeah, and personal conflict. But 
for now, they're aligned. Again, I just really want to start listening to it now <laughs> just because like it does seem like it's going to have that thrilling climax. Oh, yeah. At the end of the Dungeon Dads podcast. I think so. I, th- I, I mean, I really think so. But we'll see. I don't know. It's all choices. And I'm not like railroading yeah. anything. Like these guys are building their own characters. They're making their own decisions. And I'm just yeah. there to provide a environment and backdrop so again it's like that it's that really good example of storytelling man it's just it's 5e is perfect for it it is and and i can't wait to hear how it all plays out yeah well man i have a last question for you here. yeah all right so for people looking to get into D, like new timers you know first timers and again our topic is is first times what would what would you say to those people or what maybe what kind of advice would you give to them who may have some what we were talking about earlier some apprehension about it um, so you got to have a group first. You you can go to a, a game store and set up a group that way. It's best if it's people you're already friends with, um, mm-hmm. at least for that first time. So you can have, for me at least, have a little bit of um, accountability and pressure for everybody to learn the rules. And mm-hmm. uh, three or four people just decide you're all going to buy the player's handbook together. You all buy the player's handbook. You read it. You have a couple of sessions online or in person where you talk through what you want, like what kind of game do you want to play? If you have someone that's obviously going to be the dungeon master, great. If not, volunteer to do it and try. And like I like some of the best dungeon masters come from like a group of people and nobody really wants to do it and someone does it and then someone else tries it and then someone else tries it and finally the fourth person tries it and totally gets it and is like, I'm not a player, I'm actually a dungeon master and this is awesome and all the players feel it. And so like, even if your first session is like not that fun and you're still just like feeling it out, like keep giving it a couple of tries um, with each other. And um, and it's, I, I don't know anybody who's tried it and given it like three sessions who hasn't fallen in love with this game. If I could agree with you more, I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's so great though. So to wrap things up though, could you please tell our listeners when and where you could uh, catch your guys' show? Oh my God, we're everywhere. So you can find us uh, obviously on our website, dungeondads.com. Um, we are on Twitter. We are uh, it's at, at Dungeon Dads Pod is our Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook, uh, Dungeon Dads. There's also a new like fan site, fan group uh, that has Ooh. that has formed that is so awesome and so gratifying to see. It's a... Uh, it's called a um, a group even a Breen could join, and Breen the Breen Valley is the is the valley where everything takes place. <laughs> uh, we're on Reddit, uh, um, Dungeon Dads on Reddit. We are on Patreon, Dungeon Dads. You literally are. We literally are. Man. You can find us on Pod Stitcher. You can find us on Overcast. You can find us um, uh, on Spotify, Google Play. Uh, I mean, we're everywhere. Uh, you, you search for Dungeon Dads. Now, there's another podcast called Dungeons and Daddies, which um, is, yes, is out there. Yes, I've heard that one. Look, look, they're great. They, they do a very, very different thing than what we do. Um, you're looking for a green banner that has a half-elf casting an Eldritch Blast with a baby on his – and a baby Bjorn on his chest. Some fantastic That's artwork, the Yeah, I think we have a bunch of, we have, we've had a lot of good art uh, artists working uh, um, uh, with us from the very beginning. So that's what you're looking for. Um, we are an actual play podcast. The characters are not dads, just the people who are producing. You know, we live the dad <laughs> life and we adventure in the fake world of Dungeons and Dragons and 5e. 
Uh, so it's a dungeon dad. That's great. Well, I'll be sure to uh, include the uh, the website info as well as the other info uh, in the description, which listeners please check out that website because it is a fantastic website and good job making that. Uh, but man, Tom, thank you so much for joining me here. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's really um, nice getting to know you. And hey, man, yeah. jump on these uh, these social sites and uh, and chime in every once in a while and tell us how it's going, uh, you know, if you're enjoying the adventure. And for people who listen, I will tell you, this: do this for Austin, uh, do this for us. It makes a huge difference. When you are listening to these podcasts on things like Apple Podcasts and Google Play and these kind of things where you can leave a review, it it's so helpful for us to get the word out and to find our other listeners. So please do that. Uh, you can rate us on Facebook. You can rate us on on Apple uh, on Apple Podcasts. Like that that stuff makes a huge big difference. Podbean, you can rate us there. Absolutely. Um, it it both get it both pumps us up and makes us happy to do more, and it also make it also changes the algorithm for people when they search. Like if you search for Dungeons and Dragons and Dads right now, you will find us. We're the number one uh, uh, podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hell, that yeah, was not man. the truth three months ago. You had to type in without misspelling Dungeon Dads, and or else you would not find us. But because our fans wow. left us reviews change those algorithms for the search in these various uh, podcast streaming services, it's, it makes all the difference. So, so if you're a listener to any podcast, take the extra five seconds and leave a review and rate um, because it makes a really big difference. For sure, man. Well, thank you all for listening. And again, Tom, thank you so much for being here. Thanks a lot, Austin. We'll see you next time you open the chest. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed that very much. Season 4 will start in two weeks on December 19th on this very feed. And if you're a patron, you'll get it a little early, as always. Thanks for listening. Toodaloo.